Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you back to The Grit Show. I'm James Lawrence, known as the Iron Cowboy. I'm here with my trusted co-host, Tyrell Gray. He's also known as the Camo Cowboy. And uh, Tyrell, you've been uh, been gone. You've been doing some hunting. Uh, What was your most recent adventure? I had some actually pretty cool trips uh, since we were together last. I uh, just got back from Kyrgyzstan, um, went over there for 12 days, and then flew straight to your home country. Flew, oh. in, flew into Canada. Ah, up, hometown. Up there, yeah. Uh, question that everybody's dying to know: um, Did did you enjoy some poutine? Uh, yeah, actually, I did. You Ironically, did? Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, I, uh, I celebrated just for you. Good. For the yeah. of you that don't know out there, the Canadians have a way of ruining French fries. No, no, no. All poutine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. No, it, it's actually we found a way to enhance. No, destroy. enhance the regular Idaho potato, <laughs> if you would. Um, and so, if if if, if, you, if you if you ever make a way to Canada, I want you to. T- Carve out a little bit of time. It's uh, less than 10 it's bucks. Definitely a cultural experience. Cultural experience. Have some poutine. Uh, I won't ruin for you what it is, but it does involve fries. It does involve cheese and a, <laughs> let's just say a flavor party in your mouth. <laughs> we'll leave it at that and let, let you go from there. Today, guys, I'm super excited. Um, we've got an amazing guest, um, someone that I met. Um, so I got invited to be on a team called One Mile. And it's just like-minded uh, endurance athletes and military people um, all trying to raise money and, and make an impact on the world. And um, we're invited to do a race called RAM and RAM stands for race across America. And basically it's a 3000 plus mile cycling race that starts in um, Oceanside, California, and you make your way across um, a designated course and you end up in uh, Maryland. And uh, Jeff, I met Jeff. Um, he was our driver. And, uh, you know, I walked navigator, in. navigator, official navigator. Yes. Um, I, I guess drivers um, drive Ubers. Uh, you were a navigator. And um, and so I walk into this big conference room where all the team is and do the burliest of men that I've ever seen with biceps the size of my legs uh, walks up to me and introduces himself. And I was just captivated by his personality and over the course of of the next six days that's how long it took us to get across the country i was just immersed in jeff's world of fascinating stories um war tales he's a veteran um and just some pretty amazing experiences one in particular that we will get into a little bit later in this podcast about some of the most amazing perspective um, that I've ever heard um, from an individual. And so I'm excited to to dive into this. Jeff, welcome to the Grit Show, my man. Man, dude, thanks for having me. I uh, I get the goosebumps <laughs> from you uh, describing, you know, like introducing me and stuff like that, dude. I freaking, I looked up to you for, you know, a long time and, and, and your story has inspired me to do uh, some pretty incredible things, especially with uh, the Set 22 Challenge that I do, Strength Endurance Training. Um, where I do a hundred miles cycling. I was going to say, let's, I was going to say, let's start right there. <laughs> yeah. And actually we're going to, we're, we're, we're start with putting it on the calendar. Tyrell doesn't know, Tyrell doesn't I, even know this yet, but he's doing it. Oh, snap. <laughs> he's, oh, perfect. he's super excited. He's doing it. I just committed him. Um, but when he hears about it, he's like, oh yeah, hundred percent. I'm doing that. So first tell us where it is. So it's in Destin, Florida. Destin, Florida. And is this what, something you put on Jeff? Yes. Yeah, it's his, his event. Okay. So, so first it. of all, back up two steps. Tell me your last name, just for those that. They're new to the podcast. Whew, it's so hard to say, dude. Spire. It's German. I'm so glad you asked that I'm because good. I didn't know how to pronounce it ever. And I, was, I thought <laughs> I was going to say his first name. I'm not saying his last How to pronounce his dang last name. Okay, so spell it for us and then tell me about this event. Like, I'm in. So it's it's uh, S-P-E-Y-R-E-R. It's like Sierra, Papa, Echo, Yankee, Romeo, Echo, Romeo for the military. Oh, yeah. I'd have murdered that. Yeah, I'd have murdered. Exactly. So when when is your when is your event? Destin, Florida. So it's it's the second weekend in May. Um, you know what does it entail? So set twenty two has a hundred mile bike, and then it's got a marathon distance run, and then a two hundred pound tractor tire flip for a mile. But the first interesting part about this is like the first year that I did it, I had no idea what I was doing. Right then, I did this on a single speed fixed gear. So that was uh like the hundred the hundred mile part. That was brutal. Yeah, it was so dude. And I thought I was like, you know, so cool on this like fixie and stuff like that until I actually got on a uh, on a road bike, dude. And I was like, 
man, what was I doing on that thing? That thing <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> so it's going to, I still have it, dude. We're going to, I'm, I'm going to have it mounted and stuff like that. But uh, I'm, yeah, I think, I think it's about retired, dude. I don't want anything to do with that thing anymore. So how, how heavy is the tire? Uh, it's 200 pounds. And, and just to put this into perspective, I know, you know, the number, how many times do you have to flip the tire? Cause you guys do it on a track. How many times do you have to flip the tire in order to uh, complete the one mile distance? 864 times. Yeah, I love it. So 864 times. And what's really cool about this is it's kind of like no man left behind, right? You guys do it as a group and 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 navigate through it. Is that, yes. is that right? Is that That's correct. Uh, because nobody's actually going through the whole thing yet, uh, which was kind of like. You've had no, you've had no finishers. No finishers other than myself. Well, there's there's a challenge really? out there to anybody so, listening that wants to come participate. Um, I've had some guys that were like, you know, super ultra marathoners and stuff like that, and uh cyclists, and they're like, dude, the hundred, not a problem. The marathon, not a problem. It's the tire flip that like scares me, you know. So I'm like, Yeah, well, that's why I put it in there to to break you little guys off, dude. Uh, okay, so, 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 so I guess there's there's my question, right? So in CrossFit, there's categories and levels and prescribed for men and women. Is it the, does everybody have to flip the 200 pound tire? Man, last year we had, we had several people that came out that had different, different tires and stuff like that. It's, it's more, it's not so much that the tire is super heavy mm -hmm. um, because obviously you're not picking up 200 pounds. You're picking up on the end of it. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like, once you get it up past a certain point, the tire's going up, but it's that bending over motion after you've been bent over, you know, cycling for a hundred miles and then doing a marathon and then having to continuously like bend over and put that stress on your back. It just gets. I've, I've ironically taxing. I've actually done this and uh, it Wait, is. You flipped a tire for a mile. Yeah. I flipped a tire for a mile. And uh, on a solo I'll tell you the one Jeff though, right? that shocked me is, uh, and I just wasn't prepared for it. And maybe I'm giving away trade secrets here, but my hands got torn up. Bro, okay, I started getting so blisters on three my quarters into it, dude. It's like game yeah. over for your hands. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I just, I, I wasn't prepared for that part of it. Like I got blisters yeah. on every finger. How, how big was this tire you flipped? A 200 pound tire. What? Hey, yeah. So all the skin on the inside of my hands was gone, dude. Oh, it was brutal. Well, can, yeah. can, can you wear gloves? Is that like a... Yeah, no. For first year, first year, I didn't wear gloves. The second year so, and the third year, I wore gloves. So you did, I couldn't work out afterwards. I, so couldn't did, work, I couldn't train for like seven days. So you did a fixie bike the first year, no gloves, shredded you, and you were like, this, that was amazing. I want to go do that again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. You're wired different. I love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why I, I, I think that's why we connected. I, that's how I found my purpose, dude. Like... When the whole way, the whole reason that I even got to, to that point was like, I was, you know, I struggled with like mental health issues and stuff like that through the third, after I got back from Iraq, I struggled with like, um, severe depression and coping with like a bunch of things. Right. So I was literally searching for minutes, hours, seconds, days of just like trying to be, um, sober to abstain from substances as well as. Um, just becoming the best version of myself. And I didn't really know how to do that. And I didn't really know what I was doing. And through the course of that, I birthed an endurance athlete because it just didn't quit. I just kept moving. I just, you know, I get tired of this while well, I'm going on to this. I get tired of that. I'm going on to this. I would work out in the gym from like 5 a.m. until like 1. And then I would go home, take a nap, and then like go ride my bike or run or, or whatever. Okay, I so know what else to do. Yeah, let, let, let's back way up here because we, we fast forwarded really quick there. Okay, so you, <laughs> you, you obviously you served in the military, but where, where'd you grow up? Where are you from? Uh, I'm originally from Appaloosa, Louisiana. Okay, and what, um, type, what type of upbringing would you say you had? I had a loving family. Um, we, I come from a very uh, poor background and we, you know, not nothing nothing's ever given you know what i'm saying like there were no handouts at that, that way like you didn't ask people for money or anything like that you just like were grateful with whatever you had um went through some pretty tough situations growing up i ended up developing um some some issues that i would be picked on as and bullied for as a kid um and through the course 
of that, life was just really tough as a kid, especially being bullied and, 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 and you know, picked on and stuff like that for, for, for having like, uh, what it was like, I was developing these, like, I was starting to like make these like weird noises, you know? So, um, like a tick. I don't, yeah, it's kind of like a tick. Like I, I would, I would, I would say something like that. And, um, just didn't really know how to cope with things. I was like going through like therapy and, and, and stuff like that. Um, our houses kept getting broken into, uh, and stuff and, and things like that. So it just, my foundation for my security was fractured at a very young age. And, um, later on, I wanted to make sure that my mom and my family would never have to fear um, being scared, you know, like, and so, so I signed did, up for the, I signed up for the military. So was that, um, that was kind of the catalyst behind you wanting to protect others, like join the military. That too, you know, there were, there were, there were a few different instances, uh, a few different things behind, behind that decision. Um, I wanted to have my college paid for. I got into a little bit of trouble in high school and stuff like that. And um, I got kicked off the baseball team. I was just like struggling with a lot of things. You know, there was just like so many things that just kind of kept happening through my childhood that I'll dive into later whenever I write the book and stuff like that. Uh, but once once I joined the military, man, I, I did like what every military guy does. They go ahead and either marry the first girl they come in contact with or they marry their <laughs> high school sweethearts. You know what I'm saying? So I had been with this girl since I was in um, my first my first wife, you know, so my, uh, she was actually a really good practice wife, dude. She gave me a lot of clarity. <laughs> oh, my heck. <laughs> so she, she got pregnant from one of my friends right after we got deployed, dude. So, um, you know, I, I'm extremely grateful for that, that, that situation. And you know, being able to sit here and laugh about it as bad as it was messing me up. Like, so when I, we got deployed, Okay, so hold on, let me. So, real, so real quick, Jeff, what branch of the service were you in? The army. The army, and what did I signed you... up for the Army National Guard, and um, I was a combat. So, I like popping fireworks, dude. And I popped a lot of fireworks in my hand when I was a kid, dude. So I was not the brightest kid in the world. I mean, I was super smart, but I don't know. I was a glutton for punishment, <laughs> I guess, you know. <laughs> and and um, so he was like, "Man, do you like blowing uh blowing stuff up?" And I was like man, that sounds tight. <laughs> it was over with from there, dude. The only test that I had taken in high, in, in high school was like my ASVAB and I had scored just good enough to get in. I mean, I think you had to have like three brain cells to become a combat engineer. That's about it. So they're like, you're in. <laughs> it's like the Marines, dude. They, they were just like, yep, you're good. <laughs> nah. okay. so, so you get in, you're <laughs> so, married and you're, you're right into the military. So I, I get in. Uh, I go to boot camp in Fort Lawson Woods in Missouri, uh, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. And I get back. I get married a couple months later. I think I spent everything that I had buying her uh, an engagement ring at Zell's. And then we get married on May 9th. I get deployed on May 15th. Oh, sheesh. Yeah, it was good, dude. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like I, it was officially, I was officially divorced eight months into it. I had I, I came home on an R&R &R and I spent the time um, doing a deposition. My freaking, all the proof was there. I mean, I was getting calls like in, while I was in Iraq, dude, you're just, it's not, it's not good, you know? So anyway. So, so I would, you just want to talk about this just real fast. Cause this is, this is actually something that's pretty common in our country, um, divorce. And on the grit show, like we really are trying to help like, as we dig through your story, find those little things that help you develop grit. And as much as I hate it, like you laughing about it, being like, okay, now you can look back at, like you said, as a practice wife. Like, Bro, you got to be able to find the gift in every situation. Yeah, there we and, go. And so that's one of the things that Satima has taught me, uh, Satima Nali, yep. um, through his coaching and mentorship as well. One of the things that they teach is how to find the gift in adversity how to find the gift in hard situations. So it's like when everything seems to be falling down around you, there's something that you can take from it and value. Absolutely. You know, if when, when you're getting beat down, when you go into a workout, you're seeking failure so you can 
get stronger. So you can get, it's like, you know, once the muscle builds back, it's going to be tougher. It's going to be harder. When you, when you get cut, the skin's tougher. It bonds back harder. It bonds back stronger. The scar tissue without friction, there is no growth. There is no lesson. If there is no scarring, there's no really, no real remembrance. Yeah. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. So that looking for that positive in those negative outcomes is fundamental to being able to develop grit. Like you can't survive without it for sure. hundred percent, dude. hundred percent. So how many times were you deployed? Once I did a, it was an 18 month deployment um, where I did 12 months boots on ground in Baghdad, Iraq, camp, uh, camp victory, camp Liberty. Um, I was attached to EOD explosive ordnance disposal. Um, and then we also did route clearance missions, which if you don't know what that is, that's when you ride down the road at about three to five miles an hour. Um, whether it's day or night at night, you look like a Christmas tree and you either find the IEDs or the IEDs find you. So, um, and then EOD is explosive ordnance disposal. So anytime anybody else runs across anything, they're like, Hey, yo, come get this, uh, come get this. Or the worst calls to get for uh, for ourselves were the um, the PBAs, the post blast analysis. Generally, um, what that is is an IED has already gone off, and you have to go and do an investigation, and that is where you get to witness some of the worst carnage of uh, of combat so, and war. So as as I'm sitting here, Jeff, um, and Obviously, I know this stuff happens, but rarely do we take a moment and pause and become so grateful for the comforts that we have in life, because I, I think we live in a very unique time where we possibly take for granted the things that are happening that we don't see. And it's easy for us just to like not give it any attention or thought. And I really want to pause and just say thank you um for, for for you for individuals out there that have that fight every single day for the freedoms that we take for granted I know, and i know not everybody does and i certainly um i know tyrell doesn't and i i don't and i wake up every single day grateful for the things that i have and the opportunities that i have um and just just taking a moment to to reflect i mean as you were sitting there describing that i was like holy cow somebody is actually seeking out you know for our for our better betterness for our freedom someone seek go driving down the road looking for things that explode and kill you which is just mind-blowing to me um and so yeah i just just thank you so much um for that service for that sacrifice at the at the highest level yeah, so that's, that's a big deal that, that's um, awesome so, so thank, thank you, you so 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 you do that you're you're on this um what, hap what happens when you get home from, from service? Okay, so <clears throat> upon returning home, um, nobody really knew or were, they, they just weren't super educated. They weren't super educated on like TBI and PTS and stuff like that. Um, at the time, they were calling what, it, what, what What are those for our listeners? So PTSD is typically what they, post-traumatic stress disorder is what a lot of people, a lot of guys, girls that come back from actually almost every human walking the face of this earth has some sort of PTS, some sort of PTS, you know, post-traumatic stress, whether it's from relationships, whether right. it's from trust issues, whether it's from, you know, uh, well, trust is relationship, uh, just whatever kind of life, like you get into an accident, you never want to get into an accident again. What Like people get in a car. Oh, I, I better wear my seatbelt because I'm, you know, it's, it's from a, some kind of traumatic experience Like people don't want to go to the dentist anymore because a dentist probably hurt them, you know? So it's just, we all walk around with some sort of PTS and stuff like that. Well, that, the, that's, that's truly how we form opinions. Um, and it's based on experiences that we've had, um, things that happen to us, things that happen for us. Um, and that, that's how we walk around. And that's why it's super important to, um, to, to not judge somebody so quick because we have no idea the experience that they've had that has led them and formed the decisions, the perception and perspective that they have, that they are walking around with. And so that's, it's, 
And it, it's really hard um, to know what somebody's gone through based on a single interaction with them. And a lot of times we're quick to judge someone based on one moment, not not knowing that full story. And we're going to share some stories today about you where if someone met you for the first time and, and something triggered you and you reacted in a certain way, someone could be like, dude, that dude's crazy. But having no idea that it stems from a deep-rooted service that you were doing for them, essentially. Well, and kind of a precursor, Jeff. I mean, that's the reason we want you on here is because the experiences you're sharing, I know some of these are hard. Um, that's how we all learn. Like, like as, as minor as it may seem, like you said, someone going to the dentist and getting hurt, like a little kid, you sharing your experience, how you overcome that PTS. I mean, that helps them like, oh, okay, I can handle this too. I can do hard things. It's going to make me stronger. I'm going to find the, the positive in adversity. So man, we appreciate you for sure. Come yeah, on. Help I, us. I appreciate that, man. Freaking, um, you know, it's super hard to get vulnerable. I used to struggle with like being able to share my story because it's to me, it's still so, so new. Um, and I never want to lose that feeling of the connection that I have with my story. Like it, it, it breaks me down a little bit, you know, like, uh, I caught myself getting a little watery eyed, like, you know, so I just thought kind of, kind of like reminisce, like, and I always want to be able to tap into that because sure. that means that I'm connected to, you know, every part of my story. That's how real it is to me. You know, it's, it's, it's very, it's very realistic. It's very, very much still there. It's very much a part of me. It's very much something that I accept. And I think that's a lot, like a lot of people don't like, man, you just have like, you don't have to, but for me, I want to be able to accept my journey. And in those hard times, accepting that journey is like so hard, you know, finding that gift in it. Like, why, how is it, why is this happening to me? So that, that was my victim mentality for so long was like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? God, why are you doing this to me? To like, now I make everything happen for me. Like, so, so I'm going to take everything that I have and I'm going to execute at a level of like, I'm going to make that work for me to tap into that power source. So what was that shift of turning point in your life or the moment where you went from I'm a victim to I'm now going to have a very different perspective and I'm going to look for the good, the great in everything. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that story. Yeah, that um, when I was when I was locked up, um, that's kind of when a whole lot of my mental shift took place. So I was in, you know, every state has, you know, except for Louisiana has parishes. I was in the parish time. So I was not supposed to go to um, really and truly like the prison prison. And in any other place, that would be county or, you know, right. So like everywhere else has counties, Louisiana has parishes. So I'll send us to parish time. Okay, so I, I, I go in front of the judge and he offers me a $100 bond or probation. And um, I'm like, man, this is the longest that I've been sober since I got home. This is the longest that I've been without mind altering substances, without doing drugs and stuff like alcohol or uh, since I had gotten back. And so I was like, how long do I have to sit in order to get out? And I wasn't locked up for years or anything like that, you know? So it was like six months credit for time served. I'd already done three. And I just did my time. I, I, I sat there and, and took it. Well, I'm, I'm sentenced to, count, uh, to parish time. We'll fast forward a little bit, get out of there. I'm supposed to go to this program which I ended up going to it. But right before life has this funny way of just like giving me a little bit extra to learn from. And they come, they rack and pack, you know, whatever roll out. And uh, so I'm like, Oh yeah, man, dude, we're about, I'm about to go to the, I'm about to go to the program, dude. It's going to be gang. You know, I'm dapping everybody down. Yeah. Yo, you know, I'm hookups and everything. So, um, and then I end up getting on a prison bus to go five and a half hours on the road, dude, to, to a warrior camp, gladiator camp it's called River Riverbend Detention Center. It's uh, one of the most violent camps in uh, in Louisiana, and uh, it's really bad, really bad area and or facility. I get there and like three days after I get there, dude, this guard comes in and he's like, 
I have what's called a, a bottom bunk profile. Due to the PTS and the TBI, I'm not supposed to be on a top bunk due to night terrors. Uh, because in my sleep, I might jump out of the bed. Well, there's no rails on the beds up there. So we go back and forth a little bit. And he's like, yo, I'm going to throw you in the hole, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, man, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting on the top bunk, man. Like we've already discussed this for two days and you were totally cool with it. The thing is, is that the next shift was going to be a different shift, which was his uh, superior on the day shift. So the next shift was going to be a different superior that he didn't have the answer to whenever I would be absent. <clears throat> So, uh, or, or, or injured or whatever. He calls me out. He's going to throw me in the hole. I come out of the, I come out of the, uh, the building. The guys are just like crowding around me and they're like, dude, don't go. We're going to, they're like piling. I'm just like, man, this is getting really bad, really fast. Um, and I mean, nobody's fighting or anything like that, but it's just, it's get you can feel the, the tension building up. There's guys crowding around me. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't, I'm going home in three months. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to go in and do something stupid right now and then get killed in, in, in prison. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I get outside the, the second that I get out of the door, he comes out from behind me, pulls the mace out. What, and I didn't, I don't see any of this. Cause I'm just like on the wall facing, you know, facing down the hall with my shoulder against the wall, looking the other way. And he comes and he just like puts the can in my face, hits me, sprays me like all up in my nose and stuff like that. And I pull my my um, I pull my pad up like my sleeping pad to like kind of like block it, bro. And then I just caught the beat down of my life right there. You know what I'm saying? And the whole time I'm like, I just want to take your legs, I want to break them, and I want to beat beat you with them and rip your esophagus out. And you and I just had to sit there. And take it, and then they put me in the hole. They take my clothes. They like, um, like was he? Did he have like a like a billy club or a? No, he didn't. He, he didn't hit me. But he was just like, you know, just beating the daylights out of me, right? Mm. I get into the I get into the hole. They leave the door open. Um, they take my clothes from me, and then he's like, "Yo, get him in the uh, get him in a hot shower." I don't know if you've ever, I mean, you've probably never been to whole body mace before or whatever, but maybe you have, I don't know, but no. No, <laughs> it's not something no. that just like happens to everybody. Right. Like, so, um, I go in the, the hot water, I, I get in there and I'm just like trying to rinse my face out and stuff, bro. What happens when you use hot waters, it opens up your pores and now <laughs> it opens up your pores and then it really activates the spray. So I'm on freaking fire. You hear me? And uh, so I, I get through that and then they, they're like, give him some more clothes, you know, cause there's other, they're like, here, this is all we got. Right. I wear, I wear like a, um, in, in, in these jumpsuits, I wear like a, I wear a double X. They hand me like a medium, dude. Like I look like I'm wearing capris. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hold on, like skinny jean capris. I'm six foot one. You know what I'm saying? I think I'm like a little over 200 pounds in there. And bro, booty looking nice. You hear me? <laughs> <laughs> my hold up, it gets better. <laughs> my top looks like a crop top because it's so short. You know what I'm saying? It looks like I got my little sister's like tube top on or something like that, dude. Now I've just got these like little micro sleeves on. So I'm like, you know, you know, but straight up looking like a pump in there, you know, and I'm like, so humiliated, you know what I'm saying? And, and they throw me back in the pod and the dudes is just like, yo, you got to get out of those clothes, dude. <laughs> so not to be, you know, um, we end up swapping clothes with a guy that's like, like that, that wanted those kind of clothes. Gotcha. And he had the right size that I needed. So we swapped out. I got, you know, kind of decent and back to feeling, feeling right. 
But here's the mindset. Here's the here's here's where the gift was in that situation. I wasn't extremely injured, but I lost vision in my eye for about three months. Um, I would consider that yeah, that's injured. pretty extreme injured, man. Like right yeah. eye, left eye. Uh, my left eye. Okay. Um, the the gift in the situation was the mindset shift that took place right there. I've had that first gift of extreme ownership in the courtroom where I was just going to sit because I could have went home. I chose to be there. Now I'm in here and my mindset, I said, I never want to put my life in somebody's hands like this again. So here, here's, I could, no matter what, what he did was wrong. But if I wasn't living the life that I was living prior to getting locked up, I never would have put him in the situation to feel like he had to hurt me. Mm. It's my fault that I was in there. He didn't make me go there. And then it was just a, a domino effect of things that took place that got me to that place. But God put me in these opportunities. I put myself in these positions. God gave me the, the mindset, the intelligence to be able to take that situation and then take full ownership of it. So that has been like a superpower for me to be able to sit in different situations and be like, all right, we're going to own this. And then a lot of times in life, whenever you can take ownership, if you're in an argument or if you're in business or whatever, if you'll be like, hey, man, hold Look, I know, I know things went south right here, but look, this is my fault. You know, and typically whenever you'll take ownership in a situation, it'll kind of stifle the situation a little bit and then give the other person the confidence generally to want to say, you know, I, I, I took some part in this as well. And then you can kind of like come to that middle ground because you just got vulnerable. And then whenever a person gets vulnerable, typically another person will get vulnerable for you to be able to, if that energy kind of feeds off. Does that make sense? Yeah. Super powerful, man. So I, I just, I, it's a story that you shared with me as we were barreling across the country uh, doing Ram and it just stuck with me, resonated with me. But what it, what it said to me was you're an absolute man of integrity. And I think the, the incredible lesson there is that lesson of accountability. And, and I think it's, it's a moment that we can all take pause and go, okay, my relationship isn't going the way that I want it to be going right now. What is my role and my accountability in that? Okay, my business isn't thriving and doing what I want it to be. I could be easily blame my CEO, my employees, the, the distribution chain. I can, do, I can blame all these things, but I, I think the valuable lesson here is like, let's all pause and take accountability for our role in the situation. And Jeff, I, I shared that story in church last weekend with with a group of men. And I can't tell you how dead silent that room went. And I know it had an insane impact on them because they were like, holy cow, that, that guy just got beat up, lost his vision and said, that's my fault. And that, that is a special gift right there. And, and, and a beautiful perspective that I challenge everybody who's listening right now to, to, to do a self audit. And just ask yourself, how much accountability am I taking? Could I take that to another level, both in relationships and business, whatever it is? And so that that's just a simple challenge. So thank you, Jeff, for one, being vulnerable and one for, for teaching us ex extreme accountability in that moment. Thank you, man. I, uh, I'm just, I'm grateful and I'm blessed to be able to, you know, like I said, be able to recognize these opportunities where I could do that. I'm gonna give you one more story um, about, about when I was locked up that made me really, you know, outside of that never want to go back. And uh, I was in a visitation with my grandmother and she's in her nineties. And um, she said, baby, if you could just get it right one time, and not come back to this place. I'm on my last shot, dude. I don't have any other, you know, you don't, <laughs> life's not about second chances. 
you don't know if you're going to get a second chance. We might not wake up tomorrow. We might not, you know, be here next week. Are you living your life to your best potential? Are you living your life to your fullest potential? If I would have died in jail, I'd have been a failure in my family and myself. I'd not lived my life to my fullest potential. If I had committed suicide, the times that I wanted to commit suicide, two different times I intentionally overdosed and flatlined, woke up in ICU, and I still wasn't grateful for life. If I was successful, and there were several other situations too where I woke up um, and, 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 and passed out with like, you know, needles in my arm from pull, pushing too much, not heroin or anything like that. I was a meth guy, but, um, full throttle dude, everything I do in life, dude, pedal to the pedal to the metal, dude, I'm freaking turn the knob up to a level 11 and break it off, dude. Like I want to blow the speakers out. Right. So, um, am I living life to my fullest potential? And I think we're gonna have to cut this part. I forgot where I was. I forgot where I was going with that. I lost my whole train of thought, dude. Where was that? You're just busy being a badass, dude. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm loving all of it. I, I don't know where the train was going, you, but I'm you, staying on it. You had me at hello. <laughs> oh, shit. Bro, no, hey, dude, by the way, your mustache. You're talking about, you're talking about living your life. Because, um, I mean, like you said, you know, we, it could be over tomorrow. And, and did you live to your fullest potential? And and dude, I'm dude, I'm super touched by your story, Jeff. Like, in my opinion, you're living that life now. It's super impressive where you've come. That's it's amazing. You know, yeah, man. I uh, the the one of the things um, is that if we if I if I went tomorrow, if we go tomorrow, am I proud of the man I'm going to meet on the other side? Am I proud of the legacy that I left behind? Did I do everything that I could to be the best human that I could be? What is my true potential? The only person that knows our effort is ourself. The true measure of effort is not somebody's judgment or perspective. It's what's inside your heart. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I execute at a level of that time that I spent struggling in addiction and suicide and everything. Although at times I'll say, man, I wasted 13 years of my life. Bro, from the age of two, two years old, I witnessed so much violence. But all these times in, in my life, were just build up, not not a build up. They were helping me forge who I was supposed to become, so I could connect with a lot of people. Dude, there's so many parts of my story that I could share. Some things are just not not built for on air stuff or whatever. But the way that I get to connect with people through adversity has been it's humbling. And I'm grateful for, for these opportunities. One of my conscious self-creations is I'm grateful for the ability to connect with others through, through the lessons and adversity. And that in itself, dude, like James, you know, man, whenever you're in your greatest suffering is when the greatest gifts are taught to you. Yeah. I, I would think anyway, you know what I'm saying? That's when you're, that's when your armor is forged. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like my whole life, dude, is like I've been sharpening my sword for so long that whenever, whenever it's done, when when God pulls the plug on me, dude, whenever He says that'll do, doggy, <laughs> and calls me home, and then I get to pick up that sword and armor for God, that shield is so big and so bright and so powerful, and that sword is so sharp that I can go right back into hell and save those same souls, same save souls that were struggling through life. Yeah, I love, I, I love it, Jeff. And, you know, it makes me think of a few things. And people ask me all the time, like, how come you choose to go out there and suffer? And, and I, I love, I love this, this thought is when we intentionally seek discomfort, 
um, it, it actually gives us options. And what I mean by that is those that seek comfort and only comfort, eventually they will run out of options and they will only experience discomfort because all choices will be taken away from them. And if we intentionally seek discomfort, we get to choose comfort or discomfort um, for, for all this, right? Yeah, it's it's insane. And yeah, let me ask you this question: what what are the what are the two days in the year um, that don't matter? Man, dude, I look at every day the same. I don't know. This is a, a trick question. It is a trick question. Tyrell, any thoughts? I, I'm going to say the same. I'm going to say the the two days that don't matter to me. Or yesterday and tomorrow. Not a kid. Oh, there today, no, dude. Not... The only day that matters is. Oh man, good question, dude. I love that. <laughs> I knew the answer, dude. <laughs> I was just seeing if Tyrell knew it, dude. Well, I appreciate it. You're a good man. Let me yeah, go. I'm kidding. Yeah, that, I just that, want. That, that's the that's the truth, man. Because everyone everyone is so concerned and worried about you know tomorrow, and dude, that's not guaranteed. And, and I love the, some of the stories that you shared because it, it really embodies that. And, and I think looking for the gift in and through adversity uh, allows us to make this better world. And people ask me all the time, why do you why do you keep doing these difficult challenges? Why do you keep challenging yourself? Why do you choose the path of least resistance? And if I'm being 100 percent honest with you, it's because I'm not done growing and I have I have a lot to learn on this life. And, I, and I've realized I have a gift of suffering and, and our team's willingness to suffer intentionally gives people hope on their journey where they're not suffering or, or they, or they haven't chosen to suffer. And, and I believe that suffering is the only way to get to where we want to do and learn uh, to get to where we want to be and learn the lessons that we need to learn in order to help and impact others on this journey. And if that, if that's the ultimate goal is to help as many people as we can, it's through suffering and adversity that we get that opportunity. And, and that's going to take a while or a minute to sit in and, um, and, and for it to ring true with people, but it, it's truth. It's truth in my life. And I know it to be, be true with anybody who's listening. If you, if you really want to impact people, it's, it's through adversity. It's through that avenue of learning and growth. And so that's my challenge. Seek discomfort today so that you have options down the road to be comfortable or comfortable as you please. Yeah, man. I, I love that. Uh, one of the things, you know, the reason that I also choose to suffer is because this life isn't about me. There's people out there, you know, one of the things that we did, you know, I have amputated muscles out of my leg. There's about like maybe like 17 inches of my left leg that hasn't been cut on. You know, I'm cut from my hip. Oh, I've got like spots down my side, down my, my left um, quad that's been cut. And then I have a scar that goes from my left knee all the way down to my left ankle where my anterior tibialis is removed. And if you don't know what the anterior tib tibialis controls, it controls the, um, the dorsiflexion of your, of your foot. Uh, so when I try to lift my foot, my left foot is partially paralyzed. Um, the only way that my left foot can move is if it's manually pulled up. So I can do a calf raise, but that is it. But also when I'm running, uh, I have this weird plant to my foot where the outside of my, so I'll get stress fractures really easy. So I have to be careful whenever I do these long distance runs, hundred miles plus miles and stuff like that. Um, so okay, real, talking about, go ahead. Yeah, real quick. So you just described that limitation that you currently have physically. And, and I just also told me I would never run again. Right. You've been told you never run again. This I know. And, and I, I believe you're one of the strongest mentally persons be, people because you've had a lot of di, um, discomfort, a lot of challenges, a lot of adversity, and you've intentionally chosen to overcome this. Now, I want you to, I want you to tell everybody what, what you currently have planned and you're working towards. It, and it's perfect segue because you just described a limitation that you have. Now, tell us what you are planning to do in the near future. The uh, we are going to do the Trans Am Trans American Trail run um, from North Carolina on the East Coast to Oregon on the West Coast. It's roughly a five thousand mile trek. 
Um, and we are going to set a world record uh, because the current world record is for consecutive days doing an ultra marathon distance is 21 or 22 days. And how and long does it take you to cross? About a, so at 30, at a 50K a day, it's like 160 days. So we're going to blow it out of the water by 140 plus days. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so I want that to sink in for everybody who's That's listening amazing. is one, he, he just finished telling us about physical limitations that he had. And I also believe he has a bulletproof mind. And, and for those of you that are possibly sitting around um, rationalizing, making excuses for why you can't do anything, I, I challenge you to have that shift, that mindset shift and, and to become limitless um, and to surround yourself with people a team, a network that believes in what you're doing, that has that same type of limitless bulletproof mindset. Um, and Jeff, we're, we're, we're going to support you in any way that we can in, in that um, Transamerica run. Um, I, I want to see you do it, bro. I, I just, I just want to see people win. Um, I, I, I just love it. I love that sentiment that you have these self, uh, these limitations because of your service. And now you, you still believe you still have that deep rooted belief that, that anything is possible and that you're going to tackle something so great and of that magnitude. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Well, again, it's, it's, it's not about myself. We'll be raising money to help veterans get their um, veterans, first responders, get their blood work done. Um, and also it's a, it's a, to impact their mental health for the better, because if your mental health is struggling, um, you know, through training and stuff like that with veterans, deployments, all this other stuff, intense training, first, you know, all these guys, guys, girls, they go through this hard training. They have to go through tough situations in life. They have to experience trauma and, you know, hardships. And, and then you can have community all you want. If your hormones are out of balance, you're just playing Russian roulette. You're just waiting for that. Now, don't, I'm not going to generalize and say everybody, but for those that are, that fall into the category where they're contemplating, you know, harm, self-harm and stuff like that, you're playing Russian roulette. If you're not getting your blood work done, trying to optimize your, because that's how you optimize your mental health. Your mental health is hormones. Every process in our body is hormones. And if that's out of whack, you're just playing Russian roulette with your mental health. Because whenever somebody can't show up for you or whatever, you don't know, you know, you're going to have community all you want. But when somebody can't show up, that's whenever that situation is going to go completely south. Um, so we're trying to help guys and girls get this, you know, addressed to make sure that they have their, you know, best chance at life of having a, 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 a improved quality of life. You know, well, we, so appreciate, we appreciate you wanting to do that. And we're going to put um the link to the challenge in the show notes we're also going to put a link to the charity so people that want to donate and make that impact they can do that um tell us jeff wh where is what what's what excites you the most right now in life and and what's the what's the near future what are you working on what excites you and then also where can people best get in contact with you um people can best get in contact with me through instagram and it's just at jeff spire um same thing on facebook is it's just jeff spire it's just my can name you, can you spell that again for everybody Oof, uh it's g <laughs> e o f f that's golf echo oscar foxtrot foxtrot the last name is s p e y r e r sierra papa echo yankee romeo echo romeo um that's on instagram that's on facebook I'm on um, YouTube. I mean, I don't really respond to much on YouTube because I just don't know how to use that platform that well. But what are you excited about right now? What's good? What am I excited about right now? Man, one of the things, the major things that I'm excited about is is two. Uh, one is our friendship, you know, that, that we have and that we continue to develop and grow and be able to communicate and the impact that we talk about doing and the things that we talk about in life that we're going to accomplish um, and how we're going to help people. But also... Um, the relationship and the coaching that I have gained with Satima Nali and that crew with the Titan Immersion, Shield Maiden Live and, and Circle of Champions, those people have helped me a tremendous amount in my life and helping me be able to set the blueprint for my goals. Um, and together, 
we are going to make so much of an impact and change so many people's lives and help them be able to create in their life. And I think that is extremely important. It's like getting out of a scarcity mindset and then going into a prosperity mindset of being able to create because the scarcity, you're just a, just a provider. But then when you transform to abundance and then prosperity, you go to an creator mindset where you can create other opportunities for more people. And that is what we're, we're searching for. I remember one of the things you told me on at Ram was I was like, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave the language out. I was like, I'm just a broke mofo. You know what I'm saying? And you were like, hey, words are powerful. Words are powerful. Don't ever say that again. And uh, he's like, hey, uh, not he, you, what you, you said, you're in transition of creating your destiny and where you want to go, you know, and, and, and getting out of that state you know, creating abundance and prosperity and stuff like that. Right. And then, um, and then getting with Satema and them, they helped me create these like conscious self creations. And then I was able to set 12 week goals, 90 day goals, one year goal, three year goals. And I've just recently crushed all my 12 week goals in like in, in, in six, in, um, in 60 days and then hit some of my one year goals, which means I didn't think big enough. <laughs> in 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 60 days as well so uh man that's what excites me is being able to like actually set goals and know how to set goals and be able to share that because you know man i share we share a lot of stuff back and forth we talk we text every day dude and and, and we're constantly like sharing progress photos it's good to have a group of men or women you know like whatever what you know, around you that keeps your tools sharp, that like challenges you and adds friction to your life. There's several conversations that we had where I get kind of like heated a little bit because you add so much friction and, and, and question to my life and challenge of like, hey, what, what, what think about this or think about that? Or what are you doing here? Or, you know, why do you think that way? Or give me like, you know, more reasons to like why you think that or why you think that'll work or you know, you've got to have that that group around you that challenges you. If you don't have a group around you that challenges you, you're in the wrong group. If you're the smartest person in your group. You're in the wrong freaking group, dude. You better, you know, if you're the if you're the richest in your group, you're the smartest in your group, you're the baddest in your group. You better find you a new group of some some badder time, individuals. Time to level up. Well, Jeff, I'm I'm excited for your future. I know what your goals are. You know, we talk like you said every single day. Um, I, I'm excited for you. your future's bright. I love that you've had this. Um, accountability, uh, mentality. I love the the mindset shift that you have. I think you're going to go on and do amazing things and you're going to have incredible impact. Again, I want to thank you for your service. I want to thank you for your time today. I think you've provided a lot of value for our viewers. And so, yeah, just thank you so much and all the best with everything you do. And obviously this is not the last time we're going to talk. Uh, big things are coming for us. So good luck and thank you, sir. Thanks, oh yeah, you. man. We're just getting started, dude. Let's go. <laughs> that's it for the grit show today guys everybody thank you so much for tuning in and we're going to put all the show notes down here below i'm james lawrence this is tyrell gray and keep doing gritty things all grit no quit <laughs> all grit no quit <laughs>